Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Let's do that. Get out your sermon notes. Um, we, we are finishing this series today um, called The Victorious Life. And, and, and moms, um, there is going to be a, a word from the Lord in, in this for you. Um, and I want you to listen closely. When I get there, you'll know it. And uh, I, I want you to know, moms, you're doing a great job. Keep loving the Lord and loving your family and loving others. It, I'm telling you, it is worth the effort. It's worth the fight. It's worth the struggles. It's worth the exhaustion. Your kids are worth it, and you're doing a great, great job. And um, so today we're going to talk about the victorious life. Uh, um, it would be wrong of me to, to, to preach about a victorious life, about being more than conquerors through Jesus, and not teach you about the work and the, the, the move and the filling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It would just be wrong of me. I, I, how, how many know, if you're a mature believer, you know this, you cannot talk about a victorious life without speaking about the Holy Spirit because he's active in the victory that we have in our life. And so I know here in this room today, we have, we have a big variety of people. We, we have people that, that you, you've never been taught about the Holy Spirit. We have other people that are very open to, 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 to this word and just saying, you know, I've, hey, I've never been taught or, hey, I have been taught, but I'm just still have a lot of questions about that. And then you have some that maybe you were raised in a type of church where it, uh, uh, it just got weird. You know what I'm talking about? It just, got, it just got kind of weird. And I want you to know I've seen weird. I don't like weird. How many know that God's not weird? He's not, he's not weird. And, and yet the Holy Spirit, it's good that the Holy Spirit would come. Jesus said, hey, it's good that I go away because the Holy Spirit is going to come and he's going to minister. He's going to minister to you. He's going to empower you not only to be witnesses, but I promise you to live a victorious life, and I'm going to prove that to you in Scripture today. So uh, if you're here in this room, and all of you are, if you're watching online, and I'll, uh, um, just, just can I tell you, hey, just relax and receive the word of the Lord today, all right? I'm going to prove everything in Scripture, and it's not going to get weird, but you have to know this stuff. You just need to know this today, and I pray that you have open hearts to receive really what the Spirit of the Lord would, would say uh, to you today. So number one, write this down. It is impossible to live a victorious life without the work of the Holy Spirit. Just write that down. It's impossible. You cannot live a victorious life without the active work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I'm going to show you something because we're talking about victorious living. We're talking about uh, um, overcoming uh, temptations, overcoming addictions, overcoming struggles, ongoing struggles, overcoming the wrong mindset, overcoming the issues that you face in your life. Maybe they're emotional issues like depression or uh, maybe not necessarily depression, but discouragement, ongoing discouragement or pain. You've been wounded. You've been hurt. Um, uh, You're not at peace. You're not at rest. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're stressed. I could go on all day, but you need to live a victorious life, and it is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life that's going to show you and give you 
victory. And, and, and so we look at the life of Jesus. And remember, Jesus at the start of his ministry, he was led into the wilderness and he was led there for 40 days. It, 40 is at the time of testing. So he's led into the wilderness, and you know that he's tempted significantly by the devil. And every time that the Bible records is a certain temptation, that he responds with the word of God. Everybody remember that. This, this is found in Luke chapter 4. He responds with the word of God, and he's tempted multiple times. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you today. I'm, I'm, in fact, let me say it this way that over the course of 40 days, the Bible records just a few of those temptations. That I promise you, not all of the temptations are listed in this portion of Scripture because the Bible says that, that Jesus was tempted in every single way that we are tempted, yet he did not sin. So I really believe that this is 40 days of struggle, 40 days of temptation, 40 days of just going to battle with the enemy with our adversary. And I want to show you something that maybe you've never picked up before if you studied this portion of Scripture, starting in Luke chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So what was he full of as he entered into this time of battle? He was full of the Spirit. Everybody got that, right? So now he spends 40 days in the wilderness. He's, he's in a battle. It's a struggle. And, and when the Bible says that Jesus was tempted, it, what, it, what it means is he was actually tempted. Like it, they were real temptations. So you think, well, he's Jesus. He, it wasn't anything to him. No, it was something to him because the Bible said he was tempted. It, the Bible didn't say that, doesn't say that, that the devil tried to tempt him, but he wasn't even tempted. No, the, the Bible says that the devil tempted him, and he truly was tempted, and yet in that temptation, he overcame it. In that temptation, he still did not sin. In that temptation, he handled it the right way. And he walked into that season of his life full of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to show you something in Luke chapter 4, verse 13. And when the devil had finished, this is why we know it's just not three temptations, but when the devil had finished all of this tempting, he left him, he left Jesus until an opportune time. Stop right there. That means the devil said, you know what? I'm just giving up now. Like, after 40 days, you know what? I've had it. I'm, I'm going, but Jesus, I'll be back until an opportune time. The devil, the, 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 the devil had his eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ, and the temptations didn't stop in the 40 days in the wilderness. So Jesus enters into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit, and now at the end of these 40 days, the Bible says in verse 14 of Luke 4 that Jesus returned to Galilee in what? In the power of the Spirit. In the power of the Spirit. And the news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. So, so I want you to see this battle in Jesus' life that, that the bookends of this battle was this, that he started in the Spirit and he ended in the Spirit. He was full of the Holy Spirit going in, and he was full of the Holy Spirit 
coming out. Now, if we are to live our lives as Jesus lived his life, if we are to walk as Jesus walked and live as Jesus lived, how many knows that we need the Spirit as bookends in our life? We need to go into things in the power of the Spirit, and we will come out of things in the power of the Spirit. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, you need the Holy Spirit at work in your life every single day of your life. You have to walk in the Spirit. You have to listen to the Spirit. You have to be empowered with the Spirit. You need the Spirit in your life as you go in, and you need the Spirit of God in your life as you come out. Now, you say, well, I already have the Spirit. I already have the Spirit. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm I'm saved. And, And I would say to you, indeed, absolutely, that when you come to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in a relationship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In fact, it was the Spirit of God that brought you to the cross of Jesus Christ. And it's the gift of God that you believe that you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has come, and now he abides in you as a believer. But can I tell you something? Over and over and over again, throughout the Word of God, the Bible tells us that there's more, that you can experience more. Now, the Spirit of God is the one who sanctifies us, who calls us to a life of holiness, calls us to a life of full surrender, and he empowers us to live that life. And we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And I'm going to prove it to you again in Scripture. Number two, write this down, that the Spirit of God actually proves the grace of God. The Spirit of God proves the grace of God. The very fact that the Holy Spirit is working in us is the grace of God in our lives. Now, there are lots of verses that I could uh, teach you about this, but I'm going to share with you one of my favorite portions of Scripture, and it's, it was powerful when I learned it years ago. It's just as powerful in my life, and hopefully in your life you're going to experience too, Today, it's in Zechariah chapter 4, starting in verse 6. We have this great, this great portion of Scripture that says, that says this. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, let's stop right there. Zerubbabel in the Old Testament is a type, quote, is a type of Christ. He's not the Christ. He's not the Messiah it's just things that are in Zerubbabel's life are very are, are are pointed towards the Savior. They show us a glimpse of the Savior and and the Savior and, and Jesus' ministry and, and Jesus' power. It's he's a type of Christ. He's teaching us about who the Messiah is. Everybody get that? So he's not the Messiah. He's just teaching us who the Messiah is. And this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. He says this, this is very famous, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. We used to sing that when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s. Not by might, not by power. How many remember that one right there? He remembers, okay, so we, we, got, we got some Pentecostals in the room. That's awesome. And old Pentecostals at that. Okay, so I'm just playing. I'm just playing. All right, I'm just, I'm just playing. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. 
And then in verse 7, he says, Who are you, O great mountain? Now, mountains in the Old Testament especially, and, and even in the New Testament, rarely means mountains. Mountains oftentimes are symbolics of powers, strongholds, dominions, uh, giants. Mountains are symbolic of things that seem to be immovable. And I'm going to ask in your life concerning victorious living, is there a mountain in your life? Is there a mountain in your life? Are there some things in your lives that seem immovable? Like I've just been dealing with this for a long time and it's just not going away. Moms, can, can, I, can I minister to you for a moment? Moms, there, there, there are those of you here in this room that you have some mountains in your life and you've just learned to live with them. And if you haven't learned to, if you've learned to live with them, that means you've just given up. Like it's just not worth the fight. I'm just tired of trying to destroy that mountain. I go to that mountain all day long and the mountain is still there. It's not budging. I keep attacking it. I keep trying to move forward with my life. I keep trying to do everything I can to get this mountain out of the way. But the mountain is still there and I'm just exhausted. Or the mountain is still there and I've just given up. I'm just going to ignore the mountain. And I'm not talking about a mountain of laundry. I'm talking about children that are strong-willed, maybe children that are rebellious, maybe children that have walked away from the Lord, maybe family relations that, that are not healthy, in fact, the, the exact opposite, that are very unhealthy. And you face it, you face the trial, you face the, the, the heartache, you, you face the frustrations over and over and over again, and you're just tired, and you say to the mountain, I'm just so sick of you. God, do you hear me? I'm just so sick of this mountain. I hate this mountain. And you think that you're hearing from the other side of the mountain, so you got to deal with it anyway. So it's not moving. What are you going to do? Give up? You think God is on the other side of the mountain speaking to you, saying, well, just attack it again. Go at it again. You haven't tried hard enough. You haven't done good enough. You you failed in so many areas, it's actually your fault. And you walk away saying, well, it's probably my fault. I'm a terrible mom. I'm a terrible person. I can't. And what you actually hear When you get to that point and you're at your mountain and you say, God, I'm just tired and I can't move this mountain. And you think that God is going to jump on you. You think that God is going to get onto you. You think that God is going to talk to you, talk down to you. But he doesn't talk to you at all. Actually, he's thinking, well, good. It's about time. You've been trying to tackle that mountain all by yourself. That has to be exhausting. I'm so glad you finally stopped. But instead of saying that to you, instead of criticizing you, or instead of yelling at you to keep tackling it, to keep going at it, he says something that catches you off guard. In fact, he doesn't even talk to you. He talks to the mountain. Watch this, everybody. 
Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Not, not to you, moms, not to you. Who do you think you are, mom? No, no, he talks to the mountain. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of, watch this, grace, grace to it. See, you thought that he was going to say something else. You thought that he would say, do better, try harder. You're not giving it your all. You thought he might talk to the mountain and say, you might say, he, he would say, victory or power. You're looking at those words, and those are not the words that he uses. He actually shoots, a, shoots out a word that surprises you, and he says, grace, grace to it. And the mountain melts like wax, the Bible says in Psalms, at the presence of the Lord. And it becomes a plain, and you realize you didn't have anything to do with the collapse of that mountain. All you did was just cry out to the Lord. And the mountain falls. It gives way. It melts at the presence of the Lord. And it wasn't by might, it wasn't by power, but it was by his spirit, says the Lord. And he says, grace, grace to it. See, see, the spirit of God and the grace of God are synonymous. It's the grace, the spirit of God in your life is the grace of God in your life. How many want more grace? Oh, we need more spirit then too. Because if you're wanting grace, you need the spirit of God in your life. See, the spirit of God proves the grace of God. And we're not done with a verse. It says, moreover, verse 8, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple and his hands shall also Finish it, and then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. What's what it says again? Catch this, catch this. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. Remember, Zerubbabel is a type of Christ. He's giving us a glimpse of the Messiah. And he says, he's laid the foundation of this temple, and his hands shall also finish it. It reminds me of a verse, everybody, in the New Testament, that he who began a good work in us is going to be faithful to complete it. How many say amen to that, everybody? See, it's not your work. It's not your work that's going to complete it. It is the work of the Lord in your life that's going to complete it. It is the Spirit of God that's going to complete it. It's the Spirit of God that's going to bring you through, that's going to do the miraculous in your life. Without the Spirit of God and God our Father and God His Son, we don't have power in our lives. But we are strong in our Father, we are strong in His Son, and we are strong in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. I'm trying to teach you the Word of God. Grace. Grace to it. Ladies, can I encourage you? Trust the Spirit of the Lord to deal with your child, to deal with your husband, to deal with your grandchildren. Trust the Spirit of the Lord. And it's okay to go to your Heavenly Father and say, Father, this is a mountain in my life, and I'm exhausted, and I've realized I cannot move it. 
God, I need you. And God will speak to that mountain. And the words that he says will be grace, grace to it. And so, moms, I declare to you today, the grace of the Lord be with you all in the name of Jesus Christ. Do you receive it, moms, today? Amen. Number three, the Spirit of God works the things of God in us. So the Spirit of God proves the grace of God. The Spirit of God also works the things of God in us. Romans 8, 2, and then I'm going to go to verse 13. It says, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Meaning, when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God resides in you. He is the life-giving Spirit, and you have been saved, not of works, but you have been saved by grace through faith. You've been saved by grace through faith. Verse 13, for if you live by its dictates, we're talking about the flesh, the sinful nature. If you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. If through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. If by the power of the Spirit, by the power of the Spirit you put to death, by the power of the Spirit you put to death, you cannot put to death the things of your sinful nature. You cannot put those to death by yourself. You do that through the power of the Spirit. That's what this is saying. But I've tried. I've just tried to, uh, every day, I try to overcome this, and it just hasn't gone. It's it's because you're trying in your own strength. If by the power of the Holy Spirit you put to death the the, the things of the sinful nature, you will live. You need the Spirit of God in your life. Let me prove this to you further. Galatians 5.16. So I say, Paul says, he says to the Galatians, so I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of, of the flesh, when you walk by the Spirit, when you walk by the Spirit, through the power of the Spirit, you walk by the Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Why? Because that's better than anything you could ever have in this world. The Spirit of God is better than anything that you could have in this world. So, so some, some people, I'm going to get real with you right now, okay? Ready to get real? Some people, even some people here in this room watching online, you can't wait for the weekends because you're thinking party. You're thinking, I'm going to hang out with my friends. You're thinking, I'm going to go have that, whatever it is. And can I tell you something? Something is wrong when you hunger for the things of the world more than you hunger for the things of God. And he says, listen, don't get drunk on much wine. That, that leads to debauchery. It leads to sin. It leads to, it's, it leads to a victorious less life. A life without victory. He says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. Thirst for the things of the Spirit. Pursue the things of the Spirit. Like if it's Friday, you should be saying to yourself, oh man, I can't, I can't believe it's Friday. Sunday is almost here and I get to worship Jesus with my church family and praise him and, and learn and grow and serve. And some of you have your sights set on Friday nights. And Saturday nights, because you're still thirsting and hungering for the things of this world. And can I tell you something? It's keeping you from the victorious life that the Spirit of God is ready to give you. No amens on that one, huh? How, how many know 
believers in this room, how many know that what I'm saying is true? What I'm saying is true. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this for my benefit. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for yours because I've already learned this truth, that the Spirit of God gives me so much satisfaction in my life, so much fulfillment in my life, that, that the older I get, the more I mature in Christ, the more I long for him in my life. I desire him in my life because I, not just because of the freedom, but because of the fulfillment he brings. I'm trying to teach you to hunger and thirst for the things of God and the spirit of God. So the spirit of God proves the grace of God. The spirit of God works the things of God in us. Number four, write this down, that the spirit of God is available to those who ask. It's available to those who ask. Luke eleven thirteen 13 says this, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. That sounds like a gift to me. How much more will our Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit? Well, I must have to work for that. No, you just have to ask for that. Well, I've got, to, I've got to achieve that. I've got to get a certain level of holiness first, and then he might do, no, you just ask for it. You humble yourself before the Lord and say, Father, I'm just hungry. I'm thirsty for more of you, for more of your spirit. I just pray that you would give me whatever you got for me, because I'm ready to receive it. And the Bible says, how much more will our Heavenly Father give the Spirit of the living God to those who simply ask? Why is it so easy? Because it's a gift and because God wants you to have the the workings and the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm telling you, I'm teaching you how to live a life of freedom and victory in Jesus. Ephesians 3.16 says this, watch this, I pray. Paul is praying for the church at Ephesus. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength. How? Through his spirit. Paul says, no, I'm praying for you that you would receive the spirit of the living God. Because when you receive the spirit of the living God, the power of God is going to rest on you and in you. You know, this very morning, new song, this very morning, everybody look at me, this very morning, I prayed for you. And my prayer for you today was, oh, Father, I pray that my church family would receive the power and the infilling of the Holy Spirit today. Now, I'm going to ask something that just for the next few moments here that nobody moves, that nobody nobody moves around, okay? And until Pastor Josh comes out, and he, he will after a few minutes, we have plenty of time, by the way, that nobody moves around. Everybody just stays where you are. Okay, I don't want any distractions in this in this moment. Would you do that for your pastor? And I'm going to ask two things from you today. I'm I'm going to ask that if you're hungry for more of the Spirit, if you're hungry for the things of God and you long to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus and you long to live the life that you says, you know, one thing I know is that I am a conqueror 
through Jesus Christ. He strengthens me. He fights for me. The Spirit of God takes down the mountains that I cannot take down. And you long for that. You long for that type of victorious life. You say, well, pastor, what do I do? Well, I, I wrote something here. The bottom of your notes. And I wrote it there so you could take it home. And that every single day you could pray this prayer or something very similar to it. Something very similar to it. And this is a prayer. Let, let everybody look at me real quick. Don't read it yet. This is a prayer. This is a prayer that has the power by the grace of God to change the entirety of your life. Telling you the truth. It has the power to change the course of your life. It has the power to do things in you that you thought were impossible to accomplish things in you that you thought were never going to change. It is the power of God through His Spirit at work in your life. And what we're going to do today is very, very simple. We're going to pray this prayer together. We're going to read it together. It's going to be on the screens for you. And then we're just going to worship Jesus. And as we worship Jesus, there's no agenda. We got plenty of time. We made sure of that today. And we're just going to worship Jesus. And as you worship Jesus, actually, I would encourage you, don't sing the words. Don't even look at the screens if you don't want to. And just with hands open towards heaven, just invite the Holy Spirit into your life and welcome him in. And you say, well, what's he going to do? I don't know. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be good. How many know that everything that's good and perfect comes down from the Father of lights, the Bible says. So what, what is he going to do in your life? What, what gift is he going to give you? One that's good? One that's fitting? One that's going to help you? One that's going to help others as you live in that gift, as you, as you operate in that gift? It's going to be wonderful. But the first step is surrender. If you don't know Jesus today, today's a day to surrender your life to Jesus. Would you stand up with me? Before we read this, I'm just going to ask if there's anybody in this room that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. I know we have a lot of visitors here today. I know it's Mother's Day. Some, some may be visiting mom today, and some may just be visiting this church on Mother's Day. Or maybe you've been coming for a while and you've just never given your life over to Christ. Can I tell you, before we pray this prayer, the best thing for you to do is actually surrender your life to Jesus and invite Jesus into your life. Would you just bow your heads with me just for a moment? If there's anybody in this room right now that says, you know, today's my day. I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. I'm going to invite Jesus into my life. I'm going to surrender my life to him. Could you raise up your hand really high? I'm not going to embarrass your call you out. I'm just giving you a chance to accept the Lord. All right, so proud of you. You can put your hand down. Thank you so much. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. You're not going to have to come forward, nothing like that. Anybody else? 
And I'm going to pray a prayer. If that's you today, just pray this prayer with me, even if you're watching online. Jesus, I surrender today. I surrender to your lordship. I give my life to you. And I invite you in. Save me, I pray. And Lord, I thank you now that since I've called upon you, since I've asked you to save me, I realize that I'm saved by grace through faith. It's not of works. I don't have to achieve it. I only receive it. And so I receive your salvation now. And I thank you for saving me. I thank you for accepting me as I am, for washing me clean and removing all of my sins from my life. Thank you for saving me. And I honor you today. And I love you and I worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you prayed that prayer, Pastor Josh at the end of the service is going to tell you what to do next. We have some material for you that's going to help you out. But for the rest of us, could we do something? Would you look up at the screens right now? We're going to put this prayer up on the screens. And we're going to read it together, okay? And I I want you to just open up your hands as we read this. And then we're just going to worship Jesus for a little while. And the prayer goes like this. Let's say it together out loud. Ready? Heavenly Father, I admit that I cannot live a victorious life without the work of your spirit and power. On my best day, my strength is not enough. So I ask, Holy Spirit of God, fill me now with every good and perfect gift that you have for me. I invite and welcome you, Holy Spirit, in my life. And I would encourage you not just pray that prayer today, but take these sermon notes home with you and pray it every day. Just in your devotional time, your prayer time, invite the Holy Spirit into your life. And I promise you, he's going to do amazing things in you. Come on, let's lift up our hands and in your own way, just invite the Holy Spirit in. Holy Spirit, we invite you not only into this place, but we invite you into our lives. We welcome you. We welcome what you have for us. We are not satisfied with what we've had in the past. We're not satisfied with living the life that we've been living. We want to live a life of victory. We want to be empowered by you. We want to be strengthened by you. We want to put our trust and our hope in you. We're tired of going against the mountain, using our might, using our power, but not seeing anything done. And we realize today, it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by the Holy Spirit, says the Lord. It's by your work, it's by your power, it's by your grace, it's by your presence. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for coming into our lives. We thank you for taking us seriously in this moment and filling us with everything that you have for us. And we receive it in joy. We receive it with gratefulness, with deep appreciation. And we receive it in worship. We receive it, Lord, as we pray today. Lord, as, as, as we worship today, I pray that you'd pour your spirit out on every single person in this room for their benefit and for the glory of your name. Come on, new song. Let's worship the Lord. We praise you, Father. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.